Good morning, it's Sharifa Hardy, and you know I normally do not do my Ask Sharifa videocast interviews at 8 a.m. I usually wait until afternoon, so I'm rested, got a little nourishment, food in my stomach, but you know when I get excited about something or someone, I have to share it with the world. So I'm up early Monday morning, 8 a.m., sharing this interview with you. So I'm going to ask you to do what I always ask you to do, and that's for you to go ahead and share this interview because I know we're going to have some gems that you don't want to miss out on, and you know what? We don't want your friends to miss out on it, and friends don't let friends miss out on Ask Sharifa. That's right, so go ahead and share, hit that share button. So today's guest is amazing. You're going to love this gentleman. I know that I did, and I'm going to allow him to tell you a little bit about himself and his company, but please welcome Mr. Terrace Daniels. Good morning, Terrace. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate that. You are so welcome. Everyone who's in, who's tuning in, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, please add them in the comment section. I'll go ahead and read them to our guest. Now, Terrace, you told me something about yourself that really impressed me. I was like, wow, you are... Can you tell us a little about your company? Well, I'm the owner of Bow Concept Philadelphia. Bow Concept mm -hmm. is a Danish franchise that specializes in modern contemporary furniture. Mm -hmm. What we do is uh, we really a design consultation furniture store. So you come in, we measure your space, we see what your likes is, and we bring the de design process home. We simplify it, but we make you part of that. And that's incredible. Now, with that said, and that was wonderful, I love that definition, but as far as your size, as far as the community, you're, from what you were telling me, you're one of the largest African-American owned furniture stores in America. Is that correct? Well, not really like the largest, but one, um, one of the few high-end furniture stores in the, in, in the, in the nation and in the, in to the world for that, for that matter. Like okay. Concept, for, for example, Bold Concept has about, uh, over, well, it's going to have 300 stores this month opening up and uh, 65 countries. Mm -hmm. And I'm the only African-American uh, owner in that, in that chain. So then I did a little bit of research, and there's, there's, there's only a handful of us in the world that offer high-end furniture. Yeah. So you may not be the only one, but you know what? You're out there doing it. And not only being an African-American, but being an American to have 300 stores while everyone else is closing stores. I think that's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So it was a little bit of a journey and we we still fighting and to, to stay relevant. And uh, but uh, but we are taking over the city by storm and we're not the best kept secret anymore. People are starting to to see who we are and what we do. And and our brand is very, very strong here in Philadelphia. Well, congratulations. We got to get it out here to L.A. and other parts of the country. We want to welcome Sheila into the chat room. Good morning, Sheila. Sheila's saying good morning to us. Morning, Sheila. Yes. Now, you, it's always a journey. That's the whole reason, the whole point, the whole everything, why I do Ask Sharifa. Because entrepreneurs, business owners, we always want to know how. You know, we look at someone and says, wow, they're opening 300 stores. How can you do that? That's incredible. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey, why you started on this journey, and how you got your start? Well, my, 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 my road to this point was a long one. 
I had mm-hmm. I I had I had some challenges early on in my life and things like that and and then I I was fortunate to get a job and and I worked up uh the ladder on this job. I started sweeping the floor and like and then about 7 years later I started to run the logistics part of the, of, of this uh operation. And then my name got out there and then both concept contacted me and they said that we heard about you doing some dynamic things in logistics and things like that and we want to get a staple hold a foothold rather in in americas and could you head up our logistics so i did that i i did a great job with that and uh 12 uh for 12 years and mm-hmm. then then a head fund company came in and they purchased both concept so now mm-hmm. i was at the crossroads what did i do now and typical fear of uh of what's the next chapter in my life and everything. And I decided to to pivot and get onto the retail side since I was so familiar with the Bo Concept product. So mm-hmm. I, I looked at everything. I'm really from J- New Jersey and things like that, in that area. So I, uh, there was opportunity for me to come to Philadelphia and it was it was new to me and everything, but I took the chance and took the risk and, and uh, learned along the way and I'm still here. That's amazing and incredible. I want to go back to something you said. You said you started out sweeping the floors. Mm-hmm. So too often people are too quote unquote good, too bet big, too whatever to start off at the beginning. Some of the most successful people started off at the bottom, started off as interns, just wanted to get in their foot in the door. So when you started off sweeping floors, were you sweeping those floors like one day I'm going to own this or one day I'm going to, you know, be more, do more than just sweep the floors? What was your mindset and your thoughts when you first started? Well, when I first started, it was just getting acclimated to, 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 to the workforce and things like that. But I always had a natural curiosity about myself. So I didn't, I didn't have, uh, you know, like a, a big desire to, 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 to run things, but I did have a desire to learn as much as I could learn. So while mm-hmm. I was sweeping, I was always looking over somebody's shoulder. How do they run this machinery? What do they do? And 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 when I took breaks, I would always take breaks around the people that I wanted to aspire to be in that group. And I would just listen and learn. And mm-hmm. I didn't have much of a, a, a education or I didn't go too far as education, but I went to the University of Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. I sat on I sat on the floor and I read everything I could read about leadership and management mm-hmm. and things like that. And then when the opportunity did come around, mm-hmm. I was able to 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 take advantage of it. And then uh, I put my work ethic in and, and, and things just started to happen for me. Mm-hmm. So what was the first initial step? You said you went into logistics. Learning logistics, I think, is paramount of every kind of business because that's the, the operations. Can you tell us a little bit about logistics and that whole process? Well, I, like I said, I went in I, I, and it was, like I said, sweeping the floor. And so mm-hmm. I'm, in the, I'm in a warehouse environment. Mm-hmm. So I started to get fascinated with the overall movement of, of merchandise, getting mm-hmm. it from one point A, first producing a good product and then getting it from A to B. And I had a natural knack for that to, to, to understand optimization and, mm-hmm. and, and, and flow and things like that. So like I said, I would read everything about that, uh, keep everybody motivated. And, and, and then it naturally came easy for me because I just, it was just very, very fascinating. For me and people took uh like a lot of people don't look at that as a key element or uh, as success but it was something that i see that was needed 
and mm-hmm. and I and I mastered that. I actually mastered the the art of logistics, mm-hmm. and um and 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 the ownership and everything like took pride in that, and they were able to expand. It went from when I was there, it went from a five million dollar company to when I left, it was a hundred and twenty million dollar company. And I have no qualms about saying the company was Human Scale, which is an mm-hmm. office furniture product company. So mm-hmm. uh, that was my first endeavor. Oh, wonderful. Well, again, if you are just now tuning in to Ask Sharifa Videocast, we are speaking with Mr. Terrace Daniels of Bo Concept. Good morning to Essie, Kevin, Ryan, Craig, Jermaine, Charles. Again, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to add them to the comment section and I'll pass them along to our guests. Now, I myself, you know, part of my story is I was laid off over seven times. I started up different companies. You know, now I have my company in the news PR. Often, when you're going through different transitions in life, you just kind of wind up at a company. Was there anything about furniture in particular that you that interests you? And, you know, as you grew with the company, did you just begin to really just enjoy or find aspects of furniture itself that you liked? Or was it just a product that you just happened to be making? Well, it, 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 it happened to be... I. I've been in the furniture, like on the office side, then I got into the to residential and commercial furniture on this mm-hmm. side, but I kind of ended up there. But the main thing that drove me was that I love people to, to appreciate the, a good job. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and like when we go in there and they get a nice piece and they get some furniture and we make a beautiful space. I love that, that uh, people will come and say, wow, this is great. And, is unique and, 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 and they just love the end result. And like I tell, like when we talk in, in, in the culture and in the store, it's like we make, we make uh, Philadelphia beautiful one space at a time. And I, I, just, I just love that. And you know, and it wasn't just a, a, a money grab for me or to mm-hmm. say like just financially, cause that's, that's important too. But it was like, if I can put out a good product and mm-hmm. people can love it and enjoy it and, and my, and start to create a little bit of legacy with my name, then mm-hmm. the money will come. So I just love that people just love what we're doing and things like that. And that, that, that gives me a little bit of purpose in life as well. Well, you have to have that purpose in life. So tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about your, your pieces. One of the things that you say is they're unique. Well, they're unique in the, in the sense that it's contemporary modular furniture. So like mm-hmm. we, if we come into our showroom and you see a sofa, but then you say back, well, I like this sofa, but I like it to be a three-seater, two-seater, a chase or a sectional. We can do those things. And then we have over 125 fabrics and textures to choose from. And we can even do some variations with the, with the leg options, arm options, and things like that. So we can make something standard and make it a little bit of, of, of unique for you. They mm-hmm. get your taste and, and your personality incorporated in, in the pieces. And also our board furniture, we can we can play around with the finishes as well and leg options as well with our board furniture. And last but not least, there's some functionality with a lot of our pieces. We can, have, well, for example, we have like a ottoman that changes into a small bed. We have mm-hmm. a coffee table that can rise and be a full dining room table. So we have a little bit of functionality as well with our pieces as well. So it makes it fun, uh, unique, dynamic, and 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 the conversation piece when you're having friends and family over. Wow, I've never heard of such thing. Maybe it's me. Maybe I don't get out much, but I've never heard 
the functionality aspect where you can change a, a piece around. So for mm -hmm. all of us who are not in the Philadelphia area, are we able to order online to get the pieces that we want? Well, what happens is that we, we don't really have our online presence as of mm -hmm. yet because we like to get involved with the design process. So you can look and get a basis and then you can call the store and then mm -hmm. we can we can we can work with you and start to show, send you drawings and and things mm -hmm. like that. And then we we partner up with uh, you know there's stores in several areas like there's one in LA and things like that. So we can help you uh, partner with that local store and, and and work it out as well. But if there's not a store in the area, we can actually handle it from start to finish as well. Okay. Yes, you said you had. A over 300 stores and so we have one in LA so I'll definitely be checking out your furniture but knowing Ashery for knowing me I'm like I'm going to need something that's creative specifically for me has some design maybe Ashery for on the side of it is that something you'd be able to do yes yes we definitely can do that <laughs> yes we have we have over a million different variations and we're just we're just a guide you you take it where you need to go but we have we have specialized guides in place to make sure that it makes sense and that is doable and that it's not too far to the left but we we we, we let you take control that's good you might have to terrorists would be like sharifa you're going too far to the left <laughs> everything the whole house everything just ask sharifa ask sharifa ask sharifa if people come in it will definitely be a conversation piece now i'm still back on 300 stores i know this didn't happen overnight what was the expansion process like for you but uh, for, for Bold Concept as a whole? Yes. Well, Bold Concept as a whole, it started in 1958 in Denmark. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that drove me to this store because the first time I went to Denmark and then I seen, I went into this uh, like a sort of convention that they had. And then they had all these, all these people from all these different countries, um, backgrounds and, and, and managers and all races, creed, color, uh, sexual identity, everything, everything was left outside the door and people was there on the one common theme, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it was a beautiful feeling. I said, it, this thing that uh, rose out of two guys making furniture for their friends rose mm -hmm. to, to 300 stores in 65 countries. And I said, okay, I can, I can, I can be a part of this here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at first, you, you may not have been sure whether or not you wanted to be a part, uh, a part of it. But let me just ask you, I want to go on the personal side for a mm -hmm. brief moment. Too often when we're in business, it's like we work, 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 nine, night and day, all day, every day. What are some of the things that you do to, to enjoy life and not just get stuck focused on, on business and work? Well, what for me personally is that I put my personal development in front of everything mm -hmm. and, and everything else in business and anything is an offshoot of that. Mm -hmm. Because I got to a point where my, where, where I'm, I'm defining my purpose. Like I talked about earlier, where mm -hmm. what's my legacy and people mm -hmm. talk about how do you live forever and how you do it, how you live forever by leaving a little bit of a footprint behind you. So I'm mm -hmm. trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm formulating how I'm going to reach back and help people. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and do that. So that comes first. So when I'm not working, it's all about personal development, reading, mm -hmm. how can I uh, impact my community? How can I mentor a little bit? What can I do to, to, to make sure that I'm operating on my higher self and things like that? So that's really my hobby and what I do. 
and, and, and things like that. And then that's, and then when I do that, the better I get, the, the, the more uh, in tune I get with uh, uh, the business and things like that. And everything comes a little bit uh, easily. Okay. So are people able to, and before I even go to the next question, let me just applaud you for everything that you're doing, including the mentorship. I think mentorship is very important. We need more people to reach back into the community, reach back to our youth and say, you do have the option to be more than, you know, you to be more, let's just say more. Now back to the company and back to business, what are some of the things that you would like to, to make happen or see happen moving forward? Well, I just, what, yeah, both concepts, of course, I would like uh, for, of course, expand, expanding mm -hmm. to open up several, several more stores. And, mm -hmm. and, 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 and uh, right now I'm looking for people to come in and, and invest and, and, and see if they want to be part of what I'm doing and, and mm -hmm. things like that on expansion. But my main thing is like for the community to know that you too can, can be your own business and that you can do it. Because for a lot of years before I did this, even when I was in corporate America and I was moving up the ladder, I still mm -hmm. had a phobia about going into business for myself and, 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 and didn't think that it was possible. Now that I'm over here, over here I see that it is possible. And, mm -hmm. and so when I mentor, I mentor and I, I give them the mistakes I made and, and the challenges and what you need to do prior to you opening. But you can do this and you can, you can do, be successful at whatever you want to do. What are some of the mistakes you made in business that, that you would have done different? Well, one of the things I would have done different is I would have prepared a little bit more. Like, mm -hmm. uh, like when I into personal development is the main thing is to, they say, like I learned to finish it before you start. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things I did, I uh, got the first base. And then when I got the first base, then I looked at second base then I look at third, but no, look at the whole thing before you, before you get started, map it out, envision it, make sure that you have the, the right infrastructure in place. Mm -hmm. Cause that's the main thing, like your accounting, your mm -hmm. business, your capital, how are you going to fund it? How are you going to think you may not have all the answers there, but at least you have the need, the need analysis there. And, and I would do that a little bit. Uh, I would did that. Well, my next venture, I would do that to make sure that I have that I plan it before I even started or finish mm -hmm. it before I even started. That's one of the, the main things. And make sure that you take your time making sure that you have the right people around you and the right mm -hmm. support and things like that. And 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 that you work And the last but not least, that you always work on your business, not in your business. That's mm -hmm. the one thing, because I was so much ingrained in the business that I wasn't mm -hmm. working on it. And those those little things that that I needed to, to happen, they weren't getting the attention. But now I'm working on my business. I got the right people working in the business and we're mm -hmm. growing. We're growing tremendously. That's an excellent point. I, I like that work on your business, not in your business. One of the most common questions that I'm asked from business owners, and it seems obvious, but how do you de delegate? How do you delegate? How do you delegate? So many small business owners, especially solopreneurs, entrepreneurs who is just themselves, they, they want to grow. They want to expand. They want to actually be a small business with employees, but many find it difficult to delegate because they feel that no one is going to love and take care of the business as they themselves do. Did you have a problem delegating? If so, what, what did you do and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I had a problem delegating, but when I found out that most times when you have a problem delegating, 
is that you don't have it written down. Like I said, you got to finish it. With, so when people don't have it written down, then the, if you don't have it written down, then you don't have the right expectations set. So when you sit down and write and say, this is what I want to happen with my business. Here's, here's how, what I want to happen. Here's the start. Here's the desired result. And here's the expectation. So it's clear. So when I delegate, I can say here, it's clear. It's, it, this is what I want. And here's the checkpoints. Here's where I'm going to check back in. Here's how we're going to safeguard it. Here's how we're going to analysis. And here's the key learning. So mm -hmm. once I was able to sit down and start to finish things before I started, I put it on paper. My expectations was clear. And I gave it to delegate. And, and I was able to delegate. And secondly, second, you, you have to surround yourself with people that may be a little bit more clever than you are. And if they're a little bit more clever than you are, then you won't have no problem delegating or pushing it on. But if you want people that that you're the you're 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 the brightest bulb in the pack all the time, then yeah. then it's hard to delegate, you know. Uh -huh. But I, I I'm not fearful of uh, surrounding myself with good people, and then I put it on paper, and the rest is uh, easier for me. Okay, still on that same point of working on your business and not in your business. Again, on that same line of delegation, a lot of small business owners, they want to, to be a part of every aspect of the business. Even when they technically have delegated or handed it off, you said you made that transition from working on your from working in your business to working on your business. What were some of the main, give me like maybe two steps that you took to pull yourself away from the day-to-day -day operations of your business? Well, I just, I started to respect time. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when we do a budget, we, we sit down, you do your budget, which a budget is very, very key into a business. So you start to know what you want to spend, what you're spending, and where you're trending. So we do a budget, but we never do a capacity budget because mm -hmm. that's one thing we don't have unlimited resource, uh, time. We don't have mm -hmm. unlimited time. So when I sit down, I did a, a time budget and say, oh, how much is my time worth? How much and where should I be allocating my time and I could have the best impact with my time? And once I started to break that down, I, 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 my, 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 my time, because I was spending 60, 70 hours a week on the business trying to work on in it and out of, at the same time. Once I uh, put my time budget together, I said I, I would have more impact where I can get out there, increase the brand awareness, work on the financial, uh, look at expansion, try to get capital funding and things like that. That's more needed. Than, than, than me being there, sit standing on the, on the showroom floor, um, doing work that other people are already doing. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, yeah, you, it seems like you're a very wise person. You, you learn through this process. And again, that is why I do Ask Sharifa videocasts because these are the questions people ask me, you know, and even though they say Ask Sharifa, I'm the first person to tell you, I do not know it all, but I know who to ask. I know there's someone in my network somewhere where I can be like, yo, Terrace, can you ask, answer this question for me? Because the people want to know. And if you are just now tuning in, we're speaking with Terrace Daniels of Bow Concept, over 300 stores. We would like to welcome Rachelle, Sherry, thank you for joining us. If anyone has any questions or comments, please feel free to add them to the comment section and I'll be sure to, to ask them to my guests. Now, Terrace, I think what you're doing is wonderful, but one of the key words I love that you mentioned is the word budget. Now, I've been told that the Harvard School of the Rule of Thumb is that you should have enough money in the bank for five years to operate your business, whether or not you make a dime. According to the SBA, you should have at least 
enough money in the bank for two years to operate, whether or not you make a dime, whether or not you make any profits. I find as a business consultant, so many people are focused on their operation based on their profits. They say, oh, I'm gonna make a lot of money. I know everybody's gonna buy my product. Everybody's gonna buy my service. So I'll be able to operate as opposed to having money in the bank. I, I have worked with people and they literally have enough money for operations, basically just to make it through that month. Do you have any, I mean, advice for them, words of wisdom, suggestions, recommendations on things that can be done? Because I know a lot of people are not sitting on five years or two years worth of, of money in order to operate a business. Well, cash is king. That's one thing they do. Cash cash is is king. And, and the first thing is to just, a lot of times people start and they don't have a budget and they mm -hmm. just run haphazardly through, through their operation. And I had to learn the hard way that you have to sit down and budget. You have mm -hmm. to budget. You have to budget and sit down and put all your costs there and all your assets. And then you look at cash flow, what's coming in, and then you allocate that cash uh, uh, based on what you need to spend. How much is coming in? What is my output? And then the second thing is that you keep your credit intact in so that you can go get. Uh, lines of credit or loans and things like that. But mm -hmm. I wouldn't recommend going get a line of credit or, or, or loans and things like that until you have a budget in place and everything because you can be digging yourself a hole or selling your business and you don't even know it. So I would say put the budget together, then, then start to look at your output versus your input and then, mm -hmm. and then look and see what kind of what lines of credit, what kind of loans I could get and how do I allocate that in the best interest of the business and things like that. And that's what, and, and so the, the biggest thing that I did was put uh, uh, some advisors around me. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to figure out some guys, like I said, that was a little more clever to me and say, mm -hmm. what is the best plan of attack to how do we get this money? How do we allocate it? How do we pay it back? What is our debt mm -hmm. ratio and things like that? And have mm -hmm. good people around you. Not wait for, cause I, and I'm only good because I made a, a mistakes for, for a couple of years. Stressing mm -hmm. myself, wondering what, how I'm gonna make payroll, how I'm gonna pay for mm -hmm. insurance, things like that. But now, now I have people around me that say, "Okay, let's do an analysis. Let's take our time. Let's see what we need to do to keep the keep the the store open and keep you uh, safe." Oh, that's good. Now, mentioning board of advisors or just advisors around you, it's so often. Um, it may be difficult for entrepreneurs to create that advisor team or create that team around us because we may not have the resources to be able to retain them. Do you have any recommendations on how to get great advisors or, or you know, as you're starting out? Well, basically, get yeah, because you don't have to, there's other ways that you get, like every, every uh, advisory board is not paid, mm -hmm. you know? So one of the things that they set down, and I pull people in there, I had a friend, that's that's a lawyer and I asked could you sit on my advisory board and they they love to do that because then you respect their 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 um intellect and things like that and then I I pulled my accountant into the advisory board and then I just went to a retired business person then had to be in furniture and things like that we got a retired business uh person that's just sitting around that looking for something as a hobby and put his expertise and that was my advisory board so we actually just did this a couple of months ago and we're sitting down and now it's starting to go well. So it, everything now has to be uh, paid and then you can adjust it later on. But I would mm -hmm. just recommend see, see what your network around 
And then once you get one good person, they could recommend another person and you sit down and, and that, like I said, everything is not paid, but you do need to have a think tank around you, believe me. What happens in those situations when the advisory board isn't in agreement? Well, then, you know, it is my business, you know, so, 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 at the end, yeah, so, so, like, I don't go too far with that. It's just like yeah. a little bit, so, so I'll take it and I'll weigh it, but at the end of the day, I'm going to make the final decision, you know, mm -hmm. but, uh, but they, a lot of times they, they aren't, but, uh, but, uh, but most of the time, you, you, your heart will guide you in the right way. At least, you, at least you're hearing both sides of it. And you're mm -hmm. not surprised when, when you, when you, so what I do is like, if they're not in agreement and I say, I'm still going to go with it, I go with mm -hmm. it. But the person that's not in agreement, I still list the, the, list the, the, the cons on it. And mm -hmm. then, then, okay, if they do go this way, then I'm prepared for it. And what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the plan of attack if, if they're right? Right. So no one's always in agreement. That's just not human nature. And that's the no. part of the reason. I mean, I don't want to just point out the negative of, oh, we're not in agreement, but that's part of the reason why you mm -hmm. want a board of advisors is so that they can give you different inputs, pros, cons, and give you things that to consider. But also when you, when it's new to working with people, you have to understand how they think. And so at the beginning, when you come up with these ideas, because I know I've come up with so many different ideas where people have said, Sharifa, you are freaking crazy. And I'm like, I know, but watch when it works. And then it works and they're like, oh, okay. And they learn to kind of listen a little bit more because anybody can play it safe. Anybody can go with the tried and true kind of aspect. But as they learn you, then they begin to encourage you a little bit more. Like, what do you think? What are you going to do next? What, have you had that same experience? Oh yeah, it's the it's, it's, it's same thing. So we go, like we sit down and we talk, even with my staff, because they don't just mm -hmm. have to be advisory board. And, and 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 people have their uh, path, and they believe this is the the right path, and 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 they might not agree on this, and what this the direction we should go. So we go through. But I've I've learned to to listen, mm -hmm. you know, listen. That's the art of listening. They said this listening, and 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 uh, hearing all sides of it. And of course, mm -hmm. it comes back. And then, like I said, I go always go back to putting it on paper. Then I put mm -hmm. I put it on. Mm -hmm. We then, then I like I said, then I make the final decision, and then we go. Mm -hmm. But before we before we break away, we 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 agree to be disagreeable. Like we don't like we all have to support whatever direction that we're going in. Like mm -hmm. even if you may not get it the your way, but let's make sure that when we do break away, push away from the table, that we all in agreement that we're going to put our best foot forward and support this this plan. You know, and if yeah, you can't do that, yeah, if, we, if you can't, then let it be known then because mm -hmm. that, cause, cause we need all hands on deck when we're ready to roll. Yeah, so you can disagree without being disagreeable. Exactly. exactly. Yes. Because so often, you know, especially in corporate America, which is one of the reasons why everybody tends to run at some point from corporate America, is that they're, they're giving given a task to do, which they do not agree with, and then in some form or fashion, they may sabotage it because they're not given 100% to make it happen because, again, they didn't agree with it 
you know, from the beginning. So, but when you have an idea that someone may not necessarily, I mean, and sometimes it's not even that they disagree with it. Sometimes they, they can't see the vision. And that's one of the things that I talk to entrepreneurs about, which is different from a, a business owner as opposed to employee. The employee is doing their job. They're doing their task. They may not, they usually don't see the complete vision because the complete vision is so much bigger than just that business. It could be multiple, multiple businesses. It can be a complete empire. So the employee doesn't see the big picture, but yet they have to be able to do their job. So as long as they're able to do their job and their aspect of what makes this business go and give 100% to making it work, then everything will work out. What, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, no, definitely. But do, that's the culture. See, a lot of mm -hmm. times we don't, we don't spend time on the culture of mm -hmm. our business. We just look at the product and the customer and things like that. But what's your culture? We want we want a, a environment where people could come in and 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 challenge. Mm -hmm. Like like I welcome the challenge. Like just because I own the business, that doesn't mean that you that you can't challenge me. But you challenge me in a respectful way, and I'm going to respect you by listening to what you say. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if 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 I don't agree with that then at least let, let, let's talk about it and then let's make, have a common goal that we will support each other's vision because there's going to be times when you're going to be the minority on a decision and I'm going to sway towards your way and things like that and everybody else and everything. So vice versa, we have to just be like when we push away from the table that we're that we, that we supportive and we're respectful and that we still want to win at the end of the day. You know, yeah. but that I spent a lot of time on on the culture of, the, of, of, of my business, because that's very important that everyone has a voice, but also everybody respects the diversity and opinions and things like that. And, but we do play the team. We do play the team. At the end of the day, we play the team and we support each other, whether we agree with the, the, with the outcome or not. It's a key, Terry, the key word that you use, and I love that word, is the word culture. And you spoke about the culture. And what many people may not understand is that every company has a culture. No matter what the company policy says, no, no matter what the employee handbook says, you know, every company has, this is what we believe in, this is what we do, and they write it down. But the culture can be absolutely different, completely different than the employee handbook. What made, how did you deliberately sit down, sit down and say, I want to create this type of culture and how did you implement that specific culture? Well, you, you know, I, you, you start with your non-negotiables when you sit down and you, and, and I started with first the, the customer and mm -hmm. I made sure that we had the customer in, in, in view. Mm -hmm. And we, we, uh, my culture would say like, we have to make sure that we, give to each and every person that walks through our door an ex outstanding experience. Mm -hmm. And that's non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. and, and then once we started to see that the customer was in focus and that was a priority for us, then we could start to implement everything else. Now mm -hmm. it was coming to now, how do we continue to, to treat the customer well? How do we continue to respect what we're doing? And things like that. So then it became easier and things like that. And then I start to interject What's your, what's your opinion? Uh, what do you, what's your viewpoint? And how do I get my, my, my staff to really buy into that by being concerned about them as people? Like, what, mm -hmm. is, what is your goals? Like, I got a person on staff that says, I, 
I, I want to own a store one day. So I know this. So, so I could say, okay, then you're not going to be here long. So, but what can I do to help you reach your, reach your goal? And then they respect that and they say, okay, then I can respect your vision because you respect my vision. And then we, and, and the cultures there is a, as a, as, as a, as a stepping stone, as a place where we can have harmony, where I can, where I can love to come to work when they, I'm respected, the customer respected, my voice is heard and, and, and I can challenge in a respectful way and everything. So it's, it, it's, it's good. And it's very important. I stop business sometimes. Uh, sometimes I stop when I feel the energy in the store. I said, let's, let's reboot. <laughs> let's reboot. I feel that the energy ain't right. We got, we got to take a break. We got to walk away. Let's come back and let's bring some positive energy and some passion into what we're doing and everything and make sure that what we're going through doesn't impact or impede us taking care of the customers. I love that. I think that's beautiful. I think that that's wonderful. Again, if you are just now tuning in, we're almost at the end of the show with Mr. Terrence Daniels of Bold Concept. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, please feel free to add them in the comment section. I want to go back to one of the things that you said. You said you want the customer to have an experience. Now, I don't want you to give away any of your trade secrets here, but I mean, it's a furniture store. Customer walks into the furniture store. They see the furniture. They look at the, the furniture. I mean, how, how is that an experience? How do you make it an experience? Why? Because you, first of all, you don't profile. Okay. You don't, you don't profile and anybody that walks through the door, you treat them as that they're, they're, they're ready to buy and ready to spend and regardless. Mm -hmm. And so when you come in, you give everybody a great experience. So you come in, you welcome them, you explain the concept. That's one of the things that we do. We explain the concept. We explain what we do, who we are. We give them a little bit of our culture, tell them who we are, what we do and everything. We offer them some comfort. Would you like some water, uh, some tea or some coffee? Can we take your coat? We ask you, because you're very much welcome here. And also, we know that you may not be in line to buy something today, but we please come in, visit our showroom, look around, see if you get some inspiration. You might have some existing pieces at your house and you see the way we, we uh, do our showroom, go back home, and 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 um, take care of your your space. So mm -hmm. that's what so that's what we we do, and we give them an awesome experience. We we take our time with them. We mm -hmm. get personable, and we build the trust and things like that. So that's that's how we do it here at Bo Concept. I, I'm gonna have to come check out Bo Concept. I have to visit the. Philadelphia store, go hang out in Philly. I always want, you know, Fresh Prince got me wanting to visit, visit Philly anyway. I had to get out there one day. But, you know, I just have to, to ask, even before I get to, to the, my next question, how did, you, how did you learn that? I mean, because everything you said was just perfect, but like, you know, 100%, A plus. How did you learn that whole experience? Because I have some thoughts on it. Well, it's, 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 it's the other side of the coin because mm -hmm. it, a lot of times um, as I came from nothing. So mm -hmm. when you're used to nothing, you get, you get used to being treated like nothing a little bit. Yeah. So, as, yeah. I, so as, I, as, as I started to, like I said, climb the corporate ladder and started to be able to, to um, purchase, had mm -hmm. some purchasing power, I, I, I still was subjected to profiling or, mm -hmm. or, 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 or assuming certain things. And then I would, I, and then it would bother me. And I said, if I'm ever in this position, mm -hmm. I'm never going to treat people like that. Well, like, like that, you know, and that's from, 
uh, restaurants or any way that I do that I'm never going to treat somebody in that. So, so when I, when I got the business, it was easier for me to easy for me to do that because I said, uh, you know, how you hear, I, I treat people like I want to be treated, but people say that, you know, really mean nothing. Then, then you kind of used to being treated bad, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, so I, I said, I'm never going to do it. So anybody that came in, I said, just give them an awesome experience, show them what we do, treat people like they wanted to be treated. And now when I, and, 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 and not to brag, but, but I'm, I'm happier when I walk through the streets of Philadelphia, I'm pretty much known, the store is known. And they say, oh, that's the boat council, that's the furniture guy and everything, because they know that I'm, I'm in the streets, I'm talking to people, I'm, and, 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 and last but not least, when there's a problem, because it's easy to treat people when they just pulling out their money and, and uh-huh. spending money and, and, and you can treat them well. But when there's a problem, I still give them that, that extra attention that it's important. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to make it right. I'm going to do what I can. It, you know, you're not, you're not an afterthought. And, and, and that's really what, the, what got me going. Is they, they said the customer service from start to finish is impeccable and, and um, that's how we're able to do what we do. I love that because that's what I was going to share my experience. It does come down to profiling and being me, little black sister who owns her own PR company, television network, hosts, you know, I walk into a store and obviously I get profiled, but I always, I have this silent rule in the store. If the representative does not speak to me, I'm not buying anything. And I, and I say that in every store. I don't care what store it is. I can go to Target. If I, if I walk in and there are, are representatives near the door and they see me and they don't speak to me, money. I'm, not, I'm not giving them my money and they don't even care enough to say, hello, how are you doing? Welcome to the store. Thank you for shopping here at Bo Concept. If I don't hear that, guess what? I'm taking my business elsewhere. It's just that warm welcome. I love the tea, love the coffee. I think you're doing an amazing job. Now, what I like to do at the end of every show is just allow my guests the opportunity to just look right out, speak to the people who are watching live, people who are watching this in the archives, and just let them know what you want them to take away from your interview and let them know where they can find you. Okay. Well, I'll start backwards and uh, go forward. It says <laughs> you can find us at boatconcept-pa.com. Um, that's, mm-hmm. our, that's our website. Or if it's just Google uh, Bo Concept Philadelphia, and you can find us. Um, we actually on Facebook with those same handles, Twitter, all this Instagram. My name is Terrence Daniels. You can personally see me uh, um, on my brand. I try to separate it a little bit, but you can follow me and link up to Bo Concept as well. My takeaway is that uh, that I'm a business, and but my my business is not just the, my main purpose. My purpose is to to of course. Uh, get some financial security in my life, but also to do it in a way that can, that people can really recognize good furniture, good spaces, good interiors and things like that and smile and, and be, and, and be excited about that. So right now, this is, this is, this is what I'm doing. But uh, if you do come see us, you're going to have an awesome experience. We do great work. Come down to 1719 Chestnut street in the heart of Philadelphia in center city. Ask for me, ask for one of my staff, and uh, you're going to have an awesome experience. I guarantee it. And if you don't think so, then come prove me wrong. I'm going to come out there and check it out. (laughs) Right. I think it's wonderful. I love the whole sound of the experience. Terrence, I want to thank you for being a guest on today's episode of Ash Sharifa Videocast. 
My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. You are so welcome. And for everyone who tuned in, thank you, thank you, thank you. I wouldn't be here without you, without your support, without your love, without your feedback. I really appreciate it. And of course, I do have to thank my sponsor, Fireball Approves. Fireball Approves does rental verification for everyone across the nation. So before you rent any property, before you answer any ad on any classified website before you pick any vacation rental, please make sure it's the real thing and not a scam. Visit fireballapproves.com if you're interested in being a guest for sponsorship opportunities or to just watch more of my interviews, please visit my website at asksharifa.com. Until then, everyone have a blessed Monday. When you're looking to buy or rent a property, you need FireballApproves.com. They protect you against renter fraud and much more. Give us a call today at 904-580-6740 before you shop. If Fireball approves it, then you can rest assured that it's a safe deal. Why go anyplace else? With over 20 years of experience, you bet we've got your back. That's FireballApproves.com. Don't get scammed. Make sure Fireball approves. Agency number A180. 00175. If you want to take your business to the next level, then you need InTheNewsPR.com. It's the perfect PR agency that can increase your business exposure along with your media interest through thoughtful storytelling and strategic media campaigns. That's InTheNewsPR.com. Give us a call at 562-822-0965 and see how we can get your company in the news. From marketing and social media to public relations and interviews, we've got it covered. That's InTheNewsPR.com. Make sure everyone knows your business.